0: Kara, thank you. Thank you for just your leadership. Thank you for your team. Thank you for uh, just what you're going after, and and just we bless it in Jesus' name. So I want you um, repeat this after me. I like to have people say things because uh, I remember I, I was uh, before I say what I'm going to have you say. I remember I used to get frustrated at worship leaders because they they would keep repeating they would have me keep repeating the same phrase over and over again. You know, I was thinking to myself, can't we just move on? (laughs) Can't we move on? And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, Steve, that's the only way I can get you to say it. The only way I can get you to say something higher than what you're experiencing is if there's music. I'm going to try to get you to say it. I'm actually going to get you to say it without music. Oh, man, I love this first song, He is Faithful. Mm. Some powerful words. Um, He is faithful. He is glorious. He is Jesus. He is freedom. He is healing when... Right now, he's healing. Right now, man, I, I remember singing that. He, my faith comes by hearing Romans 10:17. I'm hearing, I'm hearing them myself say that, and I'm starting to believe it. Starting to believe he's healing r- right now, and, and you know, I mean, we, we just uh, I, I love I love worship and song, and so much of what we worship and song, you know, if if we would say it without music, a lot of people would think we're ridiculous. You know, His love's chasing me down. <laughs> Waymaker, miracle worker, you know, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Even if I don't see it, He's working. Even if I don't feel it, He's working. I'm hearing that, and I'm starting to blow. Oh, that's right, that's right. I just got, I I, I got jolted out of unbelief. I got jolted out of unbelief, and. And, and, and by the way, you, you can't change your life without changing how you talk. God hasn't asked us just to use our words to describe our lives. He's called us to use our words to change our lives. We're not just to use our words to describe our lives, but to change our lives. And, and even this morning, I, I'm, I'm seeing a Holy Spirit. This, there's a spirit of revelation here today. And, and, and I'm in a room with people who God believes in you more than you believe in yourself. I'm in the room with people whose God has assignments for you, bigger, that, that, that would be surprising to you. So, I'm going to have you say a few things. You guys Ready? And some of, them, some of the things I'm going to have you say, you know, you're going to say, well, I, I don't know. You know he, he may just have too high beliefs about me. <laughs> but here we go. Just say, say God brought me here this, God brought here this morning because he believes in me more than I believe in myself. Something's happening in me today it's supernatural, it's gonna increase and I'll never be the same again after today. I'm important in what God's doing. Everywhere I go, revival breaks out. I'm entering the best season of my life. I'm in a season of breakthrough. I'm in a season of increased influence I'm in a season of breakthrough in my emotions. Breakthrough in my family. Breakthrough in my my finances. Breakthrough in my influence. God's answering my prayers. My prayers are powerful and effective. My prayers for my nation are working. And I'll never be the same again. <laughs> After this meeting, Amen. Amen. Remember, I was in Manchester, England, a few years ago, and I, I, I had them in that meeting say a number of times, "I'll never be the same again." And and there was a a worship leader, and I, I've got to know her a little bit since, and she's uh, she was listening, and she was battling some depression, and and. And she said to herself, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going I'm, I'm yeah, to say that. How, how, how many of you know that sometimes our fear of being disappointed again, our fear of being disappointed again robs us or, or, or blocks us from vision for our life? The Bible says without a vision the people perish. And so she said, I'm not going to say that. And I get that, man. I've had times, nope, uh-uh, not, uh uh-uh. Because hope is risky business. Poof. It's risky to get your hopes up. <laughs> but she, she wrote me a couple years later, and she said, you had to say it. so And she said, I finally said it. I finally said it. And she said, you know what? I was never the same again after that meeting the moment we dare to take a risk you know you say things like that it doesn't guarantee something's going to happen but the percentage chances just went up dramatically hmm I'm gonna preach myself happy up here <laughs> I'm getting locked down I haven't preached for a while I got all this pent-up stuff Kind of like a horse, you know, at the race, you know, waiting for the gate to open. (laughs) The gate is opened. Poof. Oh my. Yeah, just um, thank you, Lord. Got got a couple other testimonies. Love testimonies. I I pastored for ten years in a place called Round Mountain, Nevada. Let's laugh at that, by the way. (laughs) Round Mountain, Nevada. (laughs) Some of you have driven up, you know, north past Las Vegas. Was it? Highway 95 going towards Reno. And it's up by Tonopah, Nevada. Kind of looks like this place. So, you know, when I came here to Arizona, I got this. I I live in Northern California, Redding, California now. But once you get out in the desert, the desert can never get out of you. One thing I realized, you know, living in a desert for so long, is I actually thought thought light brown was green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I I really didn't even understand what green was anymore until, yeah. Then I moved, you know. other are oh, actually, green is a little different color than I thought. So I, I was the pastor there. <clears throat> And I decided I was also going to become the youth pastor. By the way, I love worshiping up with the youth this morning. Man, that was good. And, and because my kids were that age, God started to move. God started kids getting saved and had a, a youth leadership team. And we had an idea. By the way, the Lord's releasing ideas this morning. And I'm hearing this over you. One idea is going to change everything. We got an idea. We created a top 10 hit list, the top 10, yeah, people in the high school that we thought were the least likely to ever get saved. And we put 10 names on a list. And, and we put the number one person who we thought was the least likely person in the whole high school to get saved. His name was Caleb. And, and, and we started believing for him. And by, by the way, he, he just seemed hopeless. It seemed like every other word he said was the F word and it wasn't faith. But we started believing in him. We started praying for him. We started loving on him. We started prophesying into his life, telling him that God had created him for a powerful destiny. And guess what? He gets saved. It's about 1999. We leave in 2001 and and turn the church over to our spiritual son and daughter who passed her till 2001. And, and 12, and we go there in 2012 again and we lay hands on the new senior pastor of the church. Ha 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 ha. Guess what his name is? It's Caleb. The guy we thought was the least likely in the whole high school to get saved. He gets saved. He's a great leader. Five kids. Something about five kids <laughs> someone say, "Wow, by the way, there's unlikely people around here getting saved, even some people that you've said are impossible. Some people say, "Wow, there's this guy named Saul killing Christians. He's impossible. Let's laugh it up <laughs> He never got saved. <laughs> he becomes the apostle paul writes almost half the new testament impossible people seemingly impossible are getting saved i love that another testimony a building fund i I shared this with men earlier and i know a pastor in since uh, in indianapolis they have a they have a building fund and They're needed like $110,000 or so to uh, finance their moving into a new facility. Uh, They had half of it in savings. They create a building fund like yours. They have $18,000 in the building fund. They need 38 more thousand. Someone uh, found their ministry online from another nation and heard about it and Contacted them, and said, "We're going to pray. We're going to have a board meeting, and we're going to pray about making a contribution." So they said, "Oh, that's that's good. How many of you know God's providing for you from sources you do not expect? How many of you know God's got people He's going to use you don't even know about who's going to who's going to pour into what what you have, and your vision." And so they that they contact him and they said, "We've decided." We're going to pay the complete 38000 that you need. Someone say, wow. And so we say, thank you, Lord, for provision here. Well, I'm from Reading on staff at Bethel Church. We have our own ministry called Igniting Hope Ministries, my wife and I do, and we have an uh, assignment to ignite hope because there's no hopeless circumstances. There's, There's only people who do not have hope. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Hope is an unstoppable force. I believe after love, hope is the most powerful leadership, influential quality there is. That our hope level determines our influence level and He who has the most hope has the most influence. It's hard to influence that which you do not have hope for. One of my favorite definitions of hope is this, hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. You know, even, even right now, I mean, we, we, we pray for our nation right now. Father, we thank you for the United States of America. We, we agree as your people. You said in, in, in Psalm 2-8, ask, ask of me and I will give you the nations as an inheritance. Lord, we again ask you for America. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for our heritage. We know there's areas we need to grow in and change, but we also thank you that your hand has been on our nation. And we pray right now in this time of turmoil, this time of decision-making, that you would just, that you would show up in incredible ways. And Father, we ask you that for breakthrough, we ask you for healing in relationships, reconciliation, Father, for understanding, and yet, Lord, we also ask you that you would clarify to each one of us our assignment at this time. In Jesus' name, amen. And and, and all all of this, even just how we see our nation, how we see what's going on, seeing it through the lens of hope, it is absolutely vital. Because once we let go of hope, then we actually, you know, it, it, we start to die. Again, without a vision, the people perish. And hope and vision are are, are so linked. And so I just love to to just release hope. I love to release unreasonable optimism. And I believe this that uh, I. I believe God's called us not to be positive thinkers, but to walk in biblical optimism. Hebrews 10.23 says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. I mean, know that's a lot of hope talk. Hold fast the confession of hope, not the thought of hope, the confession of hope. And do it without wavering. And it tells us why. For he who promised is faithful. Say, he who promised is faithful. Say it again. He who is say it louder. He who is Thank you, Lord. And I, just, I said this the other night, but I want to say it again. God's clarifying assignments right now. And, and how we respond, even to what, what's happening in the world right now, we're not all going to be doing the same things. We're, all, we're not all going to have the same assignments. Some of our assignments are going to be in the prayer room. Some of our assignments are going to be directly confronting injustice. Some of our assignments are going to be in education. Some of our assignments are going to be evangelistic. Some of them are going to be more discipleship. And, and, and I just see the Lord clarifying our own assignments and having us honor other assignments that are different than ours. Not everybody, you know, you know somebody says, somebody's got to do something about that. How come the church isn't doing something about that? Ha, ha, ha. Well, that's a good idea that God's called you to do something about that. Ha, ha, ha. You say, how do I know what God's called me to do? Well, what makes you mad and what makes you cry? That's probably a pretty good idea. Nehemiah heard the walls were down, and Nehemiah, he sort of he wept. He, ah! Somebody's got to do something. And I just see when we say yes to God, you know what's so powerful? Once we say yes, Holy Spirit power gets behind a yes. And there's great people in this room. Just say I'm a great person. I want to give away a couple books, and I want to get into the message today. Uh, This is a book called Let's Just Laugh at That. By the way, let's just laugh at that. (laughs) I've got a passion for the joy of the Lord. I shared that yesterday. The joy of the Lord is our strength. A merry heart is good like medicine. In his presence is fullness of joy. And um, Sean, are you waiting for this? Sean, you're, 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 you're man, this, this church is highly efficient. <laughs> I mean, this, is a, this, this thing, this place is at another level. <laughs> wow. And. Um, it says in 2 Corinthians 10, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. The greatest strongholds blocking the purposes of God are not regional demonic principalities. They're in our own thinking. They're in our own thinking. I mean, if you look at that verse in 2 Corinthians 10, it's clear. It says, take every thought captive. It's the only command. And, and this is a book. Uh, it's a devotional. Look, look how thin this book is. I, I wrote a lot of my books for people who do not like to read. I mean, let's say at the beginning of the year, you said, man, I, I make a goal. I'm going to read 10 books this year. Listen, this one, <laughs> you can check this thing off. But laughter, to laugh at the lies that are restricting us, because lies restrict, truth makes us free once we start laughing at those lies it starts to disempower the lies creating our negative strongholds and and, and i'm a high proponent of laughter how many of you know god invented laughter and he does not regret it and, and so this has 45 lies that past experience would say is true, but God's word says something else is true. It's a devotional format, one lie for every page, and it gives laughable assumptions uh, under that, and, and then some truth that'll make you free. And so um, let me just give you a couple lies here just that, that are in the book, and, and then why don't you just laugh, and just do an experiment and laugh at them, okay? You guys ready? Okay, right, let's laugh at this one. Because you do not have a high-paying job, you are a failure, Ha <laughs> Let's give an extra laugh on that one <laughs> How about this one? You are not worthy to be blessed <laughs> It's a little deeper lie <laughs> How about this one? This area is spiritually hard ground <laughs> A curse is more powerful than a blessing ha <laughs> Ha <laughs> A little delayed laughter on this side of here, this section. Concerned about this section. You know that? A how about this one? Good things can't last. Ha <laughs> um, How about this one? You are not physically attractive enough to be significant. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha. How about this one? Um you cannot change. <laughs> Sean, just go find somebody out there. And you just uh, you uh, you're a man of great discernment a man of just clarity you're a good decision maker <laughs> that's that's who you are and then this one's igniting faith and by the way both of these books I'm talking about today are also in spanish gay i love the bilingual stuff here man got a bilingual pastor i wish i was bilingual yeah, that's that's cool <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is igniting faith in 40 days. It's the power of hope, declarations, negativity fast. This is a yeah. I remember I was in a season of heavy food fast, and the Lord said, "Steve, your food fasts aren't doing much good." <laughs> uh, thank you, Lord. He said, I, "I love your heart to separate yourself to me, but the the, the positive of your, of your food fast." plus the, the negative of your general overall pessimism and negativity equals a big zero. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Lord. <laughs> it, it just, it's, not, yeah, it's a zero. I got a suggestion for you. Why don't you go on a 40-day neg- negativity fast and positivity feast and see what happens. Actually go after the lies that are fueling your pessimism. Because... Uh, Almost all um, discouragement, depression, spirits of heaviness, pessimism, they don't result, they're not physiological, they're not circumstantial, they're, they're almost always the result of believing lies. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, that, that might be a good word for you. <laughs> 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 and... This is a book, we don't have a lot of them over there, but this is a 40-day journey. It's a, it's a, it goes through specific Bible readings. It has you make declarations. It has just brief devotionals in them that are gonna ignite faith. We also, on our website, ignitinghope.com, we have a, a, a negativity fast. You can actually receive an email every day from us that goes along with this. So, Sean, find somebody on that. I know you're already... <laughs> All right, we bless that. I want to go after um, what we believe today. The, the kingdom of God is not moved forward by, by good behavior, it's moved forward by good beliefs. The old covenant was moved forward by good conduct. The new covenant is moved forward by good beliefs. We're called believers, should tip us off on what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> And I'm all for good behavior and integrity and leadership. We need integrity and leadership, like never before. I I cry out almost every night in prayer, God, raise up godly leaders. Raise up leaders who, who actually have the heart of the people, who are living a lifestyle of integrity. Raise them up, Father. Raise them up in government. Raise them up in the church. Raise them up in education. Expose corruption, Father. It's my prayer, and we need that. But 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 it it isn't even to get higher character. We need higher beliefs to get higher character. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds. We're transformed in our character by renewing our minds with truth higher than what we're experiencing. And and so we have to. One of the greatest questions is is is, is, Lord, tell me what to believe. It's, it's a superior question than tell me what to do. It's a greater question the Lord, what should I, than what should I do is what should I believe? And I want to just tell you about three or four beliefs today. These are life-changing beliefs that I consistently pull out, and I use them as a sword. I use them as a shield of faith. And the first one is this. It's the belief there is always a solution. Say there's always a solution. Say it again. Say it louder. It's one of the most powerful beliefs we can have. Now, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it's it's, it's a powerful hope verse. It says this, no temptation... Or some translations say, No trial, no temptation has come upon you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. Say God is faithful. And God is faithful to not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. Someone say that's good news. <laughs> Sometimes I say, God, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, yeah, ha. <laughs> <laughs> But with the temptation, will provide the way of escape that you may be able to bear up under it. Now, the reason I can bear up under what I'm facing is because I know God's. Pro- there's a way of escape. There's a solution. There's a, just say there's always a solution. I, I don't care if there's you're a million dollars in debt today. There's a solution. I don't care if your family blew apart this week, there's a solution. I don't care if you got fired this week and you you see no no solution, there is a solution. And the way the brain's wired, my wife Wendy loves to study the brain. (laughs) And, And she read that if the brain doesn't believe there's a solution, it won't look for a solution. But once the brain actually believes there is a solution, then it's like a you know like a, a search engine. It just, and it begins to see a solution that wasn't seen. And God's and when you factor God in, God's solutions are supernatural. The children of Israel Acts fourteen are at the edge of the Red no, Exodus fourteen at the edge of the Red Sea. It looks hopeless. There obviously was no solution. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> the solution was forward movement and raising a staff. The solution was the Red Sea parting. Can you imagine in 1 Samuel 17, King Saul and his army is on one hill. Philistines and Goliath are on another hill. And the Philistines are taunting the Israelites. Send out a man. And I can just imagine, you know, Saul and his men saying, There's no solution. Let's laugh at that moment. Our prayers are not working. Things are only getting worse. Our nation's gonna be destroyed. And the solution was coming. And a person who didn't even know it was a solution. Hey, uh, David, can you bring uh, lunch to your brothers at the battle? Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. God has unlikely solutions coming. Just say my solutions are coming. (laughs) Believing there is not a solution is a bigger problem than the problem. Ha, ha. (laughs) I I, I don't know how many times with my team, with Wendy, I don't know how many times a week that we'll say there's always a solution. It's a lot. And, you know, we're we're like you. I mean, sometimes people think speakers, you know, they they never have any problems. Let's laugh at that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we just, you know, we just, everything's perfect in our lives. Uh Uh-huh, Amen. We never have any emotional battles. We never have any family issues. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha! Finances are always perfect. (laughs) Nothing ever goes wrong. Let's laugh at that. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha! We're like you. I mean, God's called us to be above and not beneath. When they had not to tell. But then, but then things happen that are bigger than God. Well, they seem bigger. I mean, I've got to rephrase that one. They seem bigger than God. And so we we go underneath, and we're underneath it, and and we're feeling, we're battling in our emotions. And, And the moment one of us says, there's always a solution, we start, we start getting back on top. I don't know what the solution is. You may have a personal weakness that you just think, man, I've been struggling with that. There's always a solution. Your family, you just say, I, I, man, I don't know. I mean, this thing, your marriage or whatever. There's always a solution. You, you don't know what to do about what's going on in our country. There's always a solution. And you're going to see it. Say it again. There's always a solution. The second life-changing belief that I want to share today is, I will thrive no matter what happens. Say it. I will thrive. Say it again. I will thrive no matter what happens. Say it louder. I will thrive no matter what happens. Now, the amazing thing is, is that those who believe they'll thrive no matter what happens will thrive no matter what happens. happens. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of how that thing works. (laughs) Yeah, just, (laughs) I used to in my own life. I I I needed a very narrow set of circumstances for me to thrive. Yeah, all the people in my life have to be doing what I think they should be doing. <laughs> I have to have enough rest. <laughs> yep, yeah, finances have to be good. Yeah, I have to hear good news on media. <laughs> <coughs> I shared this over the weekend, but I want to share it again. And Paul, I mean, he made a radical declaration. I mean, if God wanted us to think with limitations and think small, he did a bad job in telling us so. Paul said in Philippians 4.13, what? I can do some things. How many things? How many is all? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And and the context of that is, is... he he said in the verses before that, whether I'm abounding or abased, whether I've got plenty or little, I've learned to be content. And, and, and we're all learning to be content right now. I'm learning, you're learning. I've learned to be content. And, and I'm, I'm learning to be inwardly successful. No matter what. Basically, he was saying, whether I'm a millionaire or in jail, I'll thrive. I'll thrive as a millionaire. Yep, amen. I can do it. Some of us don't, you know, some of us don't believe we can do it. We think we'll backslide. Uh-huh. Some of us don't think we could do jail. No, you, you yeah. well, Paul says, I can do it. I, I can do it. No matter what happens, I'll thrive. And, and, and it's it's a it's a belief system, and because it's really it's it's about what success is. Success is not a goal to be attained; it's a state of being. Success is really about thriving now, because success is an inside job. And all of us have reasons why right now we don't think we should thrive. Let's laugh at that. Ha ha. I've got seven grandchildren. My oldest is Caden. He's 14. And he, um, when he was about three, we were in a park where I live in Redding, California. And his parents and my wife, Wendy, and and his little sister were were walking on a trail. We were just getting, we had to leave because it was getting dark and they were up by the cars. I was on the trail here. Caden was behind me. He was really slow. And so I decided I was going to motivate Caden to speed up. So I turn around to Caden and I say these words, Caden... Let's race, no movement. (laughs) So I knew I needed to uh, turn my inspiration skills to a higher level. So I said these words, Caden, I'm winning. I'm winning. (laughs) And, And without, Caden didn't even move at all. He just looked up at me and said, I'm winning too. <laughs> Say, I'm winning too. I thought to me, I'm thinking about, thinking about that, man, that guy's in last place. And he thinks he's a winner. When I grow up, I want to be like him. <laughs> I mean, he's in last place, and he thinks he's a winner. Some of us feel like we're in last place. <laughs> last place in our class. If we're a student, I'm in last place last place, whatever it is. And by the way, Caden thought he was a winner because he wasn't in the same race as I was in. He was in a race of three-year-olds. Hey, there's a leaf. Look at this leaf. Bird. Rock. <laughs> he was winning. Some of us think we're losing because we don't know what race for him. We don't understand the race. We think we're in the race of being most popular, most beautiful, most, you know, most successful, uh, you know, smartest, uh, you know, most possessions. We think we're in that race. Let's laugh at that. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. I'll thrive no matter what happens. There, There has to come a time in our life where we just say, hey, you know what? I'm thriving now. All of us have a reason why we shouldn't thrive. By the way, I was, when I was praying earlier to, during worship, I heard the Lord in this meeting is breaking shame off people. He's breaking shame off people. I mean, shame, it can be as simple as we don't, we don't feel like for the age we're at, we don't think we're as far as we should be. We break that shame off today. We break it off. Maybe shame about our appearance. We break it off. Shame about what's happening in our family. We break it off in Jesus' name today. It's, it's going. It's going. Shame because of negative comparison, because we don't have the gifts or we don't have what we think other people have, and, and, then, and the accuser of the brethren uses that against us. That shame is going. Just say this, shame is, is broken off of me today. I will thrive no matter what happens. It's a power belief. It's a power. You know, I, I'm, I'm hoping for certain results in our nation, and I'm believing for it, but no matter what happens, I'm going to thrive. Because God's people are adaptable. I'm adaptable. I, I shared the difference between hope and faith. The other, the, if we, if we have hope, faith without hope, we're unhealthy. Because I believe, you know, the difference between faith and hope is this, is that faith is very specific while hope is more general. Faith says God's going to do that. Hope says, I don't know what God's going to do, but it's going to be good. Faith says, I'm going to get married. Hope says, even if I don't get married, I'm going to thrive in life. Faith says, I, that promise, I'm believing for that promise. It's going to happen. Hope says, even if it doesn't happen, I'm going to thrive. Because I'm adaptable. And you start getting that thing in you, you break the shame off of whatever we think's not happening, then we become catalytic. Just say, I'm catalytic. Someone just say, fire. All right, I'll give you one more. One more life-changing belief. Oh, man. So we've said, there's always a solution. I'll thrive no matter what happens. Here's the the third one. Um, My past is always turned to good. Say that. Say it again. Say it louder. Now, I know the devil, you know, he hates a lot of Bible verses. But there's one he really hates. Romans 8, 28. And all things... How many things? Hmm. And all things work together for good for those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. You know, I... I don't think about the devil a lot because I'm not a devil-focused Christian, I'm a belief-focused Christian. I, I don't, I don't want to be ignorant about the devil, and I know we need to deal with him directly, but he's not our biggest problem. But I was thinking about the devil a while back, and I've come up with a good biography title for the devil. You want to hear it? It's this: "It backfired again.") <laughs> <laughs> It backfired again. <laughs> I mean, here's the normal story of hell. Well, we don't have to worry about her anymore. It's all over there. Then six, six months later, a bomb hits hell. Boom! What was that? Uh, well, Mr. Devil, you remember the one you said we don't have to worry about anymore? ha! <laughs> Uh, those things have actually turned out for good in her life. She's stronger than ever. And now that bomb that just hit us was from her. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's the story. It's it, It's backfiring. I mean, the ultimate backfire is when... You, he thought he crucified Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. ha, ha. He, didn't, he didn't crucify Jesus. I mean, Jesus laid his life down. The devil didn't get it. If, if he would have got it, he would have killed all the Romans and the Jews. If he would have understood, he would have said, we can't let him die. Because if he dies, I not only have one problem, I've got, I'm going to have millions of them. Someone just say backfire. I can imagine it right now. They're throwing a party in hell after Jesus is crucified. Ha <laughs> ha. Probably saying, you know, singing, you know, song, It Is Finished. Ha <laughs> ha. And then there's a knock. Ha ha ha. And there's a lot of videos I want to see when I get to heaven. But this is one of them. They open the door. <laughs> the party comes to a shrieking halt. And Jesus says, "I want the keys back. <laughs> I've come for the keys. I, I, Adam and I'm coming for the keys that Adam and Eve gave you, because I'm giving those keys to my church. Whoo! Someone get excited out there. <laughs> Backfire, man. I mean." God's so good at turning negatives into positives that people have created theologies that He sent the negative in the first place. <laughs> I mean, God doesn't have cancer to send cancer. But He can use things like that. I mean, He can use negative things. He didn't cause it. But as we turn to Him, as we as we commit ourselves to the calling and and just in love to Him, He turns things for good. I don't care if it's happened something that happened to us or a bad choice that we made. He is a master at it turning out for good. And I'm hearing today that the Lord is. Um, there's people within the sound of my voice whose past. You're not happy about you're, there's pain in, and I just thank you, Lord, for healing and, and and that you're touching. But I'm I'm hearing that God is turning that around for good in an incredible way. And, and most people's greatest struggle becomes their greatest area of anointing and influence. I remember, you know, I used to battle so much discouragement and lack of hope, and yeah, you know, I can just imagine you know hell they're having kind of, let's just pour on steve just a bunch of just let's just keep telling him there's something uniquely wrong with him he seems to like to believe that thing let's just let's tell him that again today and let's tell him that things are just going to get worse in his life and if he can just survive that'll be success and you know you <laughs> know i'm listening to that oh yeah I mean, that's got to be true if it feels this true oh, But then finally, something happened. No, I I actually, that thing, that negative past has turned into my greatest gift right now. It turned out for good. I'm so glad I went through discouragement. I'm so glad I went through feeling there's something uniquely wrong with me. I'm so glad because I I can understand people who face that. Because whatever we battle, we get compassion for people in that same area. We don't just have formulas. We don't talk down to people. We lift people up, and we give people hope. Maybe you've battled addictions. Maybe you've battled dysfunctional family. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's mental, emotional. That battle's not just about you. Maybe it's a purity issue. You know, it's, the battle's not just about you. It's, it's about all the people you're going to influence. It backfired again. Say my past is, is always turned to good. And, you know, you, you just think about beliefs like that, and there's, there's many others. Like one of my other beliefs, I won't talk about it, is that I always know what to do. You just say that. And again it's amazing those who believe they always know what to do will always know what to do. That's just kind of interesting, isn't it? But we have I've learned this, we have to get radical. I I used to be kind of passive and you know, just all right, you know, I'm I'm not that emotional. I'm Scandinavian, kind of Swedish and Finnish and you know, we don't do emotion. We are just even killed. <laughs> David in First Samuel thirty, he had a bad day. You think you've had a bad day? Listen to his bad day. He, he and his men fight battle, come back to their city Ziklag. It's burned. Their wives and children are kidnapped, and then his men have the logical solution: let's kill the pastor. And it says David encouraged himself in the Lord in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6. He encouraged himself. And this is how I want to close today. I, I believe that in right now the Holy Spirit is is releasing a powerful gift of personal encouragement through this message. I don't know what he did. But I can tell you, you know, I mean, it's a bad day. He's tired, he's got everything. But he he encouraged, I, I imagine he said some things. No, there's a solution. No. Samuel gave me a prophetic word, and it's not it's not realized yet. And somehow, when he encouraged himself, his men no longer wanted to kill him. It's amazing when we learn how to encourage ourselves, people will see us differently. But I think about sports teams. And sports teams before the game, they're not in the locker room. Oh, hey, how are you feeling today? Oh, not good. Think we're going to win? No. Uh-uh. Let's just try not to get hurt. Let's just, let's just try. Hopefully nothing bad will happen in our game. Uh-uh. I tell you, I, I played football in high school. We got a new coach. We had a losing culture. He was like a preacher, man. He, uh, and he broke the losing culture off of us. Man, I tell you, he, he started talking, boys, we've prepared. Boys, we're, you know, here's our plan, here's their tendencies. And by the end, he was shouting. And I'll tell you this I, I was thinking, coach, open the door. I got to hit somebody. You don't open the door, I'm going to rip a locker off the wall. <laughs> now, I'll tell you, I, I, I remember that, and I'm, I'm learning how to coach myself. I'm learning how to break the losing culture out of me. I wake up every morning, almost every morning, I don't feel like a winner. I don't feel like a winner when I wake up. Man, the lies, you know, eh, they, they seem more real. when I wake up, and uh, I, guess, I guess that really is true. <laughs> but I've learned, I say pretty much every morning, this is going to be the greatest day of my life. Today, today, this, today, there's a solution. I'm going to thrive. I say it. And, you know, you say, well, brother, you shouldn't say that. Because what if it's not? Let's laugh at that. Ha-ha. <laughs> Uh sports teams they don't do that. Hey, we got fired up yesterday and we lost. Let's not do that anymore. <laughs> that's just stupid. You know that you you believe you're a winner, you may lose some games, but you you keep believing you're a winner, you're going to win. You're going to win. And you say that that's just, you know, just getting yourself fired up. And, and, and I just release a fire. You say, how do I fire myself? Well, just say, start declaring the promises of God. Say what we said today. There's a solution. I'll thrive no matter what happens. My past is being turned to good. I always know what to do. Today's a day of breakthrough, freedom. You start, you start doing that? Yeah, okay. And it's the best day of my life? It may not be, but I'll tell you what. You're going to start, because we, on our high school we had this losing. When I was a senior, we won the championship. We just kept climbing. We kept climbing. Yeah, boop, like we went back down. Nope, but we started climbing again. So, why don't you stand with me? You guys good? You received this word? Thanks, Father. Just, just say, there is always a solution. Say, I will thrive no matter what happens. My past is always being turned to good. And I will always know what to do. do. And I am learning to inspire myself like never before. before. And I'm winning too. If you receive the word today, say, "I I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Something happened in me today. today. It's supernatural. It's going to increase. It's going to influence the nations. nations. Amen, amen. Give God thanks. Give him praise. Just give him a shout right now. Give him a shout. Yay! Woo-hoo! Someone say freedom. Freedom! Breakthrough. Fire. Fire! No limits.